where are our rocks and crystals formed? Deep in the earth, right? So they're going to be good for those issues that are very deeply embedded in us. Um, and they can be linked to what's going on health-wise. They could be linked to what's going on emotionally. They could be linked to what's going on spiritually. But those really, like when you want to get to the root of something, you know, that's where a crystal will shine for you. You may have heard of quartz, obsidian, citrine, turquoise, or amethyst, some of the most well-known crystals, amongst thousands of others that serve as a powerful connection to the earth below us. How can we use crystals in our healing journey? Today's episode is a great conversation between our practice administrator, Christine, who is also an herbal practitioner and yogi herself, and Bonnie Perry. Bonnie is an artist and Usui Holy Fire Reiki Level 2 practitioner and a certified crystal healer whose deepest passion is empowering others to connect with their innate healing abilities. Please enjoy this conversation between Christine and Bonnie as they discuss how crystals are used as a healing modality, how different crystals serve different needs, and how you can use crystals in your life and for your health. Welcome, Bonnie Perry. I'm so excited to have you joining us today. Bonnie is a certified crystal practitioner with Tenderhearted Integrative Wellness Services, as well as co-founder of Strobe Apothecary in Crofton, Maryland. And today, I'm so grateful to have you here today to talk about crystal therapy. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know you are multi-talented, uh, not only a crystal practitioner, but also a Reiki Level 2 practitioner. So maybe you could share with our audience how you came to be uh, in crystal therapy and Reiki and all things herbalism. Absolutely. I think uh, my story is a lot along the lines of many people's story. Um, it was out of necessity for myself that um, I started this path. I've been many things throughout my life, um, but truly about, I'm going to say about 2015, it's a very difficult year for me, and I you know, had a lot of uh, uh, losses that year and a lot of... Um, mental upheaval and so in seeking things to heal myself i turned to that which is natural that which is holistic because i traveled through traditional health and was not finding what i needed there i love when uh nature calls us absolutely yeah absolutely so tell us, uh, for those of us who don't know and the listeners, what is crystal healing? That is a very good question. Um, I would say, uh, for those that are new to it, uh, what an appointment would look like in this is um, you're laying on a table. It looks like sort of a massage table, and crystals are placed upon you. On um, your body? On your now, body, clothed. Clothed, okay. Yes, yes. Um, and then you're in that state, um, someone call it a meditative state or just a quiet, peaceful state, allowing your energy and the crystal's energy to work with each other. And different crystals, as I understand it, offer different energetics, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So how do they work exactly? This is a question we get a lot. And um, the simple answer is energy. You know, all around us, everything has an energy that it puts off. Crystals coming from the earth 
they have a very specific type of energy. And this goes down to the crystal lattice, how they are formed on the inside. It's a very structured formation. That's interesting to just to interject. I'm curious how crystal forms and how long does it take? And I'm sure you know. Right. Yeah. And, and that varies in answer. Um, the crystals that we see before us today um, are hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions and billions of years old. That is so fascinating. Um, and they too have different levels of formation. There's three. This is what I call earth birth. So you have the top layer, which would be your igneous. Uh, the middle layer, which is sedimentary, and then the deepest level, which is metamorphic. Do we have any examples of those here on the table with us You know, today? I would have to pull out my book <laughs> to tell you. Can, well, I'm just, I know, we brought some, I brought some crystals that I, I happened to get uh, over the weekend at, when I went to visit Strobe Apothecary. I've got some blue kyanite and some spirit quartz. Yeah, which and is I've a type of amethyst. I forget what this one is, but that I love it. That is, so it's a type of chalcedony that the trade name is, which is wart, because it sort of looks like a wart. Kind of <laughs> does. Oh, no, now you took away the... <laughs> no. no, you added some humor. That's what you did. I'll take it in that direction. You added some humor. Love that. Um, so so you know all about these. Um, are they called stones? Is it appropriate to call them stones so, or no? Some are stones and some are crystals. Um, a, a broader term would be minerals. Okay. All crystals are minerals. Not all minerals are crystals. So could you say that one more time? All crystals are minerals. Not all minerals are crystals. And it has more to do with its formation as to whether it is a crystal or not. Okay. Um, some of them that you will see are um, conglomerations of lots of different minerals. So that is more termed stone. Whereas something um, like your amethyst that expresses in a point, um, very ordered, that is a crystal. Why is this one called spirit crystal? Um, that one is called spirit crystal. Do you see all the tiny little, it almost looks like... Um, sparkly sugar or something mm -hmm. like that. It does. Um, there, it's a lot of different points coming out of a one point. To think of us on a, our spiritual level, there's much that comes out. Oh, wow. We're going to go deep here. <laughs> this is good. That's what stones are for. That's what crystals are for. Um, Doing the they deep They pull work. us into our deep work. Amazing. So how does one become a certified crystal therapist? This is, I love this work, by the way. Thank you so much yeah, for being here. Absolutely. Um, typically, um, right now, there is no true certification. There are lots of different schools that you get certified through, um, and each one offers its own type. Uh, when I went to go uh, explore this, there were only one or two schools. So I chose the one that was a little more science-based, I would say than mm -hmm. some of the others. Um, I went through and got their beginner level, which is the crystal practitioner, and then I went back and got the master level. Um, and it, most of it is online. You are interacting with the teacher and then um, some teaching assistants, but typically through email or through Facebook group, that type of thing. And do you have to do clinicals? Do you have to actually work on yes. clients? Yes, and um, if I remember correctly, you were one of my test I subjects. I believe I was long ago, yes. 
That was a great experience, by the way, audience. <laughs> it was, I think, a chakra balancing you did on me or something. Right, really and we good. did focus a little bit on the solar plexus. Yes. Yeah, that was very, a very relaxing and, and definitely healing experience. So when you're, we were talking about getting the certification, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably a good thing, right? You want to oh, see someone who's had the training. Uh, you want to see someone who's done study with someone else. Yeah. Because there's lots of books, um, but I think what teachers can do is just pull you into a, like a deeper level of their line. And, you know, you realize there's lots of different lenses, but you find someone who lines up a little bit more with your way of thinking, which is why I chose someone who was exploring the science of it as well as the metaphysical. I was going to ask, I'm glad you mentioned the science, because you know the metaphysical is super interesting and, and curious, mm-hmm. and um, we all want to know about that too. But what's, do you have to have a science brain to be a crystal therapist? That's what I'm wondering. Like, What skill set do you need? <laughs> what skill set? I would say you need a little bit of science, and how deep you go on that science is going to, you know, it's going to vary from practitioner to practitioner. Um, for me, I needed that. You know, I was brought up, uh, my father was a scientist, my mother was an artist, so I got two wow, sides. Wow, look at those. Yeah, two <laughs> Left sides. Brain, right so, brain. you know, for me, that was very important. It was very important to understand, uh, you know, can we explain all of why? No. Um, can we understand from a scientific point of view what these crystals are doing? Absolutely. And it helps inform as we move into the healing process. We're not just looking at the shape of the crystal or the color of the crystal. We're actually looking at how is, how is it structured inside? There's seven, seven different types of crystal structure. Um, and then also, what are the chemical elements that make up that crystal? That can inform. You know, for example, there just to do a little side note, um, one of my favorite crystals, which would actually be called a stone, um, is lapidolite. Lapidolite is very, very high in lithium. Now, what is lithium used for? Oh, brain health, right? Correct, correct, and balancing emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has been used a long time in the medical world. Uh, So, you know, energetically interacting with that is going to do a similar thing. That is really fascinating to take it to that scientific level. I'm sure you could go much deeper, but thank you for scratching the surface. And then like we were talking about with Earthbert, where are these crystals formed? What processes are they going through and what processes can they help us Mm -hmm. with? Can you give me an example of that? I don't want to put you on the spot, um, but if you have one. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, so let's take a look at um, a common one that a lot of people know is obsidian. Is this now, what I have here? That is black tourmaline. Okay, all right. <laughs> Did not pass that test. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so obsidian is actually cooled uh, molten lava glass. So it's glass that's made after the you know the lava travels over something that's silica rich cools down and it's actually a glass. Now think about how that is thrown out. That's an igneous level. It can help us on that top level as we start to want to look a little bit deeper. Um, I'm loving where this is explosive. So, you know, people will talk about obsidian being protective, which it is, 
but it's also going to mirror back to us a little bit of what's going on. This is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I want to I spend all day with you, Bonnie, and <laughs> <laughs> learn more. Um, I'm curious for our audience, what conditions or symptoms is crystal therapy most beneficial for? Most beneficial for, well, okay, let's think again about this. Where are our rocks and crystals formed? Deep in the earth, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to be good for those issues that are very deeply embedded in us. Um, and they can be linked to what's going on health-wise. They could be linked to what's going on emotionally. They could be linked to what's going on spiritually. But those really, like, when you want to get to the root of something, you know, that's where a crystal will shine for you. Would you say that you've seen uh, crystals bring something up that even your client may not even knew was there, you know? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they are really are deep deep workers. Right. And they can bring to light things that maybe you didn't put two and two together as to why, why you experience this right now. Um, oh. And that that crystal can help. And, you know, let me backtrack just a little bit. One of the other ways I see crystals working, and especially when they're coming into contact with our body, um, it's almost sort of like a prism. Think about how light shines through a prism and it gets filtered out into a rainbow and you see all the different components of it so similarly our energy is being filtered through that crystal and then you know in our awareness we can see a little bit more of what's going on so I know we have there's crystal jewelry necklaces Mm -hmm. rings earrings and so is it more beneficial would you say to hold a crystal than it would be to have like say this necklace or you know Anything. Many, many different ways. And I think um, throughout history, we have been drawn to using crystals in jewelry and not maybe, maybe it's subconsciously aware of the fact that they're working on us. Mm-hmm. So many different, you know, different strokes for different folks. Some, some people like to sit and meditate with their crystals. Even just having them in a room can change the energy of the room. Um, wearing them with you and keep them in your pocket, that's a way to keep them very close to you. Yeah, I guess that leads me to um, what tips do you have for people at home for using crystals? Uh, I know I know there's also a process, right, for cleaning them, clearing them. Can we head in that direction and sure. talk about that? Sure. Um, and there are many, many, many schools of thought about cleaning, clearing, the need to do that. I would say um, pick something that you feel most connected with. And here's a couple different ways. Most crystals are okay with a little bit of water, even selenite, even though we've been told don't put selenite in water, you don't want to soak it in water. But running it, running water over it, that's fine. Um, So cleaning it with water, that's one element you could do. Just plain water? Yep, plain, I mean... Spring water is always the best, of course, natural water anywhere. But filtered water works just fine. Okay. Um, that's one way to do it. Another would be with smoke. Um, so, you know, think of burning, you know, a particular type of herb or sage or palo santo, you know, so many different things. Mm-hmm. Lavender, rosemary, um, and just pass the crystal through the smoke. Okay. Um, other people will use sound. So a singing bowl. Just pass it over the crystal and, you know, some people will sing to their crystals even. 
you know, so what, it, what resonates with you as far as what is going to help you have a clear intention when working with this crystal? How do you work as a practitioner before you see a client? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I know I did a session with you some years back, but I was just, you know, kind of relaxing and not really paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's what you're um, supposed to be doing. Yeah, but uh, so how do you, I can imagine if you're working with all this energy, how do you, how do you prepare do clients have an intake form that they fill out before they come see you so you know ahead of time what you might want to work with? Um, yes. So there's two different types of appointments that I do, and one's just a basic chakra balancing, and that's a, that's how somebody can sort of dip their toe in mm-hmm. um, if they want to experience that. Um, the other way would be like a full intake form, um, and then picking a direction, like what is coming up? You know, why Why are you seeking out crystal healing? What's coming up in your life right now that made you want to walk this path? And then we take it from there. Um, and typically after the intake, I will spend some time putting together um, a thoughtful layout and then have the client experience that layout and then check back in at, you know, about 48 hours and then a week out. Okay. So... I know this is probably, I want to circle back to a um, wide question, but what are some specific uh, conditions or situations that clients would come see you for? So um, the chronic illness is, is one, like an illness that has been going on for most of their, their life. Um, wanting to develop spiritually, um, experiencing anxiety, depression, um, those type of things. Wow, that's yeah. really interesting. Those are some pretty big things. Yeah, they are. That we're they seeing are. crystal therapy work uh, for these conditions. Wow, that's amazing, Bonnie. Um, I know we talked about the water and the cleansing. Um, I'm curious just from, I just want to get a little woo-woo for a second because sure, I, I have fun with that kind of stuff. Um, what about crystals in the full moon? Ah, so this is one that has um, circulated widely. Um, as in a full moon, you know, uh, cleanse your crystals in the full moon. I'd like to change that just a little bit. I think when you're putting your crystals out in a full moon, you're actually charging them. So there's one thing about, you know, removing energies that aren't useful to you anymore. Um, There's another way of putting actually intentional energy into. So a full moon you know, think about what are the feelings that arise for you during a full moon? Is that the type of energy you want to work with? That's a really good tip. Um, and, you know, some other people will say, well, I put my crystals out in the sun. Okay, great. Um, you're, you're working with a different type of energy there. And just know on that point, if you're putting your crystals out in the sun, if you leave them for a very long time, there are some that will fade. Okay. <laughs> just a little bit in color. So energetically, the vibrations, if you will, would that be the correct term? Correct. From the sun and the moon and maybe even the other planets are impacting these crystals in some way. I mean, I've known people that will look at um, astrology charts and put their crystals out at specific times. Um, Just as, you know, some people choose to harvest their herbs, you know, during a full moon Mm -hmm. or in the sun or just as the sun is rising. It's all about the intention, right? Correct. Correct. Interesting. So I'm wondering, with the crystals 
and the Reiki, and you mentioned herbs now again, you know, I love herbs. Um, How does it all connect? The crystal therapy, the Reiki, Mm. and the herbal medicine, how does that all come together for you in your practice? In my practice. Um, So I'm going to pick two of them, and then we'll circle around to the other. Okay. Um, The crystal and the... um, the herbs, let's again think about how crystals are formed under the earth. Where are herbs growing? Just on top. The crystal level, or the mineral level, is actually informing the herbal level. So, you know, you will notice a difference in, say, lemon balm harvested from one place versus another because it's, there's a different um, set of minerals informing it. So I feel like they go hand in hand as far as healing goes. One helps the other. The other helps that one. Um, You know, looking at our cups of tea here, depending on what type of energy, like right now I'm feeling I need a little balancing. So I'm going to put a piece of kyanite there. And then as the tea steeps, as it sits, the kyanite can inform the tea. Would you ever put it in the tea? Um, yes, on some crystals, no, on the on others, because we have to, again, consider their chemical makeup. Some of those chemicals we don't want to be ingesting. Please consult your crystal <laughs> therapist. Correct, correct. And yes, there are different, different ways. But, you know, the safe way to do it is just to set it in front of your cup. Or okay. to have it near you while you're preparing your And tea. this is for balancing? Because I'm going to... Yeah. Um, uh, so blue kyanite in, in at least... In my um, practice, it, it has a balancing effect all the way up and down the chakra system. I'm really drawn to this blue kyanite. Mm-hmm. I just, I love it. I, mm-hmm. Every time I go into a crystal place, I'm like, oh, where's the blue kyanite? Right. And it's funny because you will find that sometimes it's just one crystal out of the other. It's just sort of saying to you on that level, that soul level that you go, oh, I've yeah. got to have a piece of that no matter where I go. Yeah, that's, For that's, me, that would be garnet. Garnet. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, I have a feeling history-wise it's significant. Um, but for me, the feel, it's a little heavier than some crystals. Um, it's that deep red almost, you know, it looks like blood. Like but, heart, uh, maybe. Right. Is it good for heart? Well, heart, but also root your root mm, chakra okay. and and think about connecting to your ancestors and things like for me that's what garnet is when you say garnet i i automatically think oh expensive jewelry <laughs> so <laughs> well sometimes you can yeah. get not so expensive like the bracelet i'm um, wearing today i made myself the beads were inexpensive i got them at michael's um Fun. so uh that's a whole other podcast, yes, make our, making our own jewelry. Yes. Yeah, but when I think about garnet or even um, a diamond, is it diamond? Mm. I mean, is that a crystal? Absolutely. Okay. Diamond, okay, if we, we're talking about uh, different hardnesses, the, in the mineral world, there's the Mohs hardness scale. The top of the scale is a diamond. The diamond can scratch anything else. Can anything scratch a diamond? No. Interesting. So energetically, mm-hmm. what what is a diamond doing? Is it like a shield? It's protecting us? What is the energy? For around? me, it's, you know, diamonds are often classed by their clarity. They're, they're cut. Um, I have not worked with rough diamond at all. But, you know, when you're looking at a diamond in a ring, it sparkles back that light. And there's a certain sparkle to it. Um, 
that just picks up the eye. And then let's take a look at how we have used it in our society. You know, what are diamonds given for? Mm-hmm. Love, token of love and affection mm-hmm. and commitment. And commitment and long-term commitment. And think about how hard that diamond is. You know, the top of the scale. That is fascinating. Oh, my goodness. I love this work. Um, so we can move away from expensive jewelry now. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I remember going back to diamonds. They are a girl's best friend. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> you know, part of this is cultural, you know. Yeah, it we is. Have to, we have to understand that years and years ago, the yeah, diamonds weren't the girl's best friend. But, yes, they were you know. other things. And that mm-hmm. is bringing me to the question that I was going to ask you. I can remember seeing um, you. I know you know what they're called, but I, I don't. They're little. There was a jar full of some kind of diamonds that were not not expensive but they were Mm. um do you know what i'm talking about they were um they were in a shop that you and i were both in some (laughs) time ago and they um do you know they're teeny tiny little yeah teeny uh, tiny and they're very clear yeah double points like a point on each Mm -hmm. end that's a herkimer there you go so this is a type of quartz it got the name diamond just because of its clarity okay um because it looks sort of clear like a diamond and you know people were finding these in the ground um originally found in herkimer new york okay which is why that. that the name but that sort of little chunky small quartz with two points on one end it's found worldwide now so they now have names for for um other herkimer and they call them different names and i you know my brain is not remembering that right now but i would imagine it's actually a type of quartz okay so I wonder how many other stones there are, like imposters almost. You know, not really imposters, <laughs> but, you know, I'm using that term loosely because I am not a crystal therapist, but I, I do honor your work. I'm just curious. There's um, a lot. There's so many out there. There know? are. And, you know, you know, buyers beware. There's a lot of, you know, fakes, people um, trying to sell one thing as another thing. Um, just get to know your local crystal shop. Um, get to know the people that you're buying from and start asking questions. That's good Um, advice. And when it comes down to it, whether that crystal is real or not, if it's meaningful to you, work with it. Oh, that is beautiful. Because it's doing something for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, you know, I um, visited a crystal shop in um, Moab, Utah, Oh, that's and, a fun place oh, to be. Oh, my goodness. And I, I thought about, I wonder if there were so many, you know. Mm-hmm. There weren't any crystal therapists there, but mm-hmm. um, there were, you know, tons of crystals. But I did wonder that. I wondered, I wonder if these are the real deal, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, so, but I love that what you said, that it, it doesn't matter if it's helping you. If, it, if you feel something, then, you know, they're all from nature for the most part, right? Correct. And, you know, there are people, there's a type of quartz called aura quartz, which is brightly colored. Um, typically, and this doesn't hold true for everything, but anything that's like screaming Kool-Aid color to you, typically that's been dyed or something else. There's a few. There's a few crystals that will have that really bright color. Um, but when you're seeing like quartz points that are bright pink and bright, bright blue and almost neon green, um, they have been treated with things. But again, people are drawn to the color. Mm-hmm. People are drawn to it makes them happy. Okay, work with it. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
Yeah, so as if someone were going to consult with you as a crystal therapist, you would be able to guide them in the direction of where they should get crystals if they, after their session, their time with you, Absolutely. and they wanted to have crystals at home, you could point them in the right, right. direction. And, you know, um, at Strobe Apothecary, we do source crystals from all over. Um, so that's one place, but there, there are many around. And I also encourage this thought, um, just as herbs are foraged, you can go out in your yard and find some stones to work with. What? Tell yes. me more about this. So, I mean, this is, think about the place in which you have landed and um, which you've chosen to live. Uh, you have a connection with that. Almost you're plugging into, you know, whatever you want to say. You're rooting yourself. You're grounding yourself in a, a specific place. Get to know what's around you. The rocks outside your home are no less important to you than what you buy in a, in a crystal shop. Oh, that's so comforting. I can't wait to go home and dig in my yard now. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah. As a, I just want to slide in a garden tip maybe if, if we could. Would you say then that it's beneficial to uh, plant, if you will, some crystals under your garden? I'm thinking of an herb garden. You know, right. Like. Um, yeah, I have many friends who tuck crystals in their, their plants or will put them different places. Um, again, you do want to be a little bit cognizant of what type of minerals they're bringing to that plant. Okay. Um, but, you know, you can't go wrong with, when, while you're gardening, taking a look at what stones are already there and placing them intentionally around a stone. Uh, oh, that's a, even better. Yeah. Uh, an herb. So. I can't wait. No, I've got a new, new tip. Thank you, Bonnie, for you're that. You're welcome. So what is one thing you wish everyone knew about crystal therapy? Um, one thing I wish everyone knew is like how deeply it can work. Um, I think uh, because of the start of uh, crystal therapy, crystal practitioners, crystal healing, whatever word you want to slide in there, um, the start of it was a lot of channel, what people call channeled information. And, you know, some people discount that as that's not scientific, you know, that's not going to work for me. I wish people knew how scientific crystal healing was. Yeah, I would. And there's yeah. a deep science there. And that just because it may have started as channeled information, some of that information is actually absolutely correct. I think that's very important messaging there because this isn't just about you know what I referenced earlier woo woo stuff under the mm -hmm. full moon it's not about that this is a very scientific based therapy so thank you for sharing it yeah and you know even the woo what we're and the word woo is interesting to me because people have used that to say oh we can discount this w u actually in china means shaman Look so, at that. Learn something you know, new every day. I take that all. I embrace it all as it is. Even those things we call woo-woo can be a science that we haven't just yet discovered or put our minds around. I find your energy to be so grounding, Bonnie. Well, I, I appreciate you. your words of wisdom. And I, I really feel like just right now we are just kind of grounded together and it feels very comfortable. And um, I love that you're appreciative and honor both parts of this work. Oh, absolutely. And it seems very balanced. Um, how long is a typical session with a you? A typical session, um, you know, full, you know, to 
from getting there to end, it's typically anywhere from 45 to 50 minutes, depending on the type of session you're doing. Um, with some people, I do recommend starting out a little bit lighter and slower, and it depends on what they're dealing with. Um, so sometimes, you know, you're only laying in the placement for about 15 to 20 minutes, but you'll have some time to process before and after. Okay. And where are, do you, just, you know, this is a good question, just came to me. Um, can you do this work virtually if someone has you their can. own crystals? You can, and they don't even need their own crystals. You can do this, um, what we're doing when we're doing it virtually is I use a proxy. So that will be something to symbolize a human body. Um, right now I'm crocheting my own and stuffing it with um, herbs and things just to have something that represents the human body. And then I place the crystals on that proxy. Um, and remember, we're dealing with energy. Energy doesn't, you know, it can work outside of time and space. Um, so, yes, it can be done virtually. So it's it's virtually, um, virtually, virtually accessible <laughs> to everyone. Correct. Right? Okay. Correct. And if they wanted, if anyone in our audience or anyone else is inclined to um, visit you as a crystal therapist, how would they get in touch with you? Um, so they can visit tenderhearted.love, and that is the business website. There's a lot of information there. If they have a direct question, it's bonnie at um, tenderhearted.love. Okay. And we will, I'm sure Jen will make sure that gets out there, you know, in writing somewhere in case you missed it. Um, and then our last and final and most fun question is, if you were stranded on a desert island... What three crystals would you like to have with you? That was the heart. When I read through all of the questions, I was like, how in the world am I going to answer that one? That's Jen. She comes up with the good um, ones. That's hard to come down to three. But I would, so I would say that is going to change um, depending on what day you talk to me. <laughs> but <laughs> as of today, and I really like, I thought about this when I thought clear quartz, but then I'm like, hmm, Desert Island might have quartz somewhere on it. So okay. let's go for a different thing. And I would do amethyst. Um, one of my, I love purple. Um, I love working with amethyst. Um, that amethyst would have to be a point. Why is that? Um, directing energy. Uh, the second one is one that I have gotten to know. 2021 was very difficult with me. Uh, a lot of grief. I had to do some very deep grief work, you know, around the passing of my mother. I'm sorry. And um, rhodonite, rhodonite came to me then. And that is a stone that I actually found out later is the state stone of the state that I was born in, which is Massachusetts. Is that a pink stone? It is. It's pink and black. Okay. Um, and so it's got a lot of manganese. It's very grounding, but it's also very nurturing to the heart with the pink. Um, and I also found it, you know, helped me navigate that grief and then be able to like really distill my gifts to be able to bring it back out to the world. So rhodonite would definitely be in my pocket somewhere. Um, the third one was hardest because I had two stones that I would, <laughs> um, so I would go for garnet just, you know, we had talked a little bit about garnet earlier. Um, that would be probably the one I'd go uh, with, but the other one would be Lapidolite, which I have done a lot of work with as well, and it's one of the first crystals that I worked deeply with. Um, so you're covering your 
Sadness at being lost at sea. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yep, there we go. There and, we go. Yeah. I love how these work, and that they're also they're very serious, but also you know we can have fun with them too. Absolutely, and yeah. they're beautiful. They're pieces of artwork, and you know, as an artist, I appreciate the beauty of all of the different types of minerals and crystals out yeah, there. Yeah, it's like they're like nature's work of art mm-hmm. you know it's they are i can see and it, it is a gift you know when they come to the surface or when they're mined out it's it's almost a gift to our eyes you know people discount that as oh i like sparkly things yeah but what you like that's sparkly might be different than what i like so it's a way to get to our heart our intuition you know through the eyeballs i love that bonnie thank you so much for being here today Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us. 